I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. Hey everybody, it's Martin Clay in the Songtown on Songwriting virtual studio. Today we want to talk about mind your own business. We could call it mind your own freaking business. <laughs> um, but we get a lot of questions from songwriters that don't at all understand the business of songwriting. And that can be really detrimental to you as a songwriter. It can cost you a lot of money. It can cause a lot of problems between co-writers. And so we're going to talk about some different scenarios uh, that you need to understand uh, if you're going to be uh, conducting business as a songwriter. So, and, and I, I want to start off by saying, you know, when, if Clay and I create a song together, we are in a business relationship. We have created a, an entity that could have great value and we're going to be doing business together for a long time. In fact, potentially if it gets recorded, we're going to be doing business together till we die because that song's hopefully going to be creating income long-term and then our heirs will be conducting business when we pass away. So it's just really important to know some of this basic stuff. So Clay uh, is going to start off with a story. Uh, something happened recently and we'll go from there. Yeah, this is actually a common email that I get. A songwriter in Songtown pitched a song to an up and coming artist and that artist records the song, doesn't tell the songwriter, releases the song, posts it on YouTube, on their YouTube channel. It's all over the social media, TikTok. And they never requested a license from the songwriter to record that song. And so the songwriter was, was kind of upset. I thought that they needed to ask me if, you know, so I thought we'd, it would be a great opportunity to talk about that because we live in such um, do-it-yourself world now in the music business. There's so many artists that are writing, producing, releasing their own songs on their own labels. And, and I think that a lot of people don't, you know, they're jumping in and they're able to do all this stuff, but they don't understand the business side of it. So if I pitch a song to you, Marty, you're coming out with an album. I pitch you a song that I wrote. Um, what happens at that point if you, what should happen at that point if you decide to record it? Well, if, so if I decide I love your song and I want to do it, I should request a license from you. Yes. So I should say, hey, Clay, I, I want to record your song. Uh, can you send me a mechanical license? And there's pretty standard. I mean, they vary a little bit here and there, but it's pretty standard. Um, the standard rates like 9.1 cents per song per unit sold. Um, it actually and, just went up. It the um, courts just decided that's going to go up to 12 cents. So, yeah, I don't. I'm not sure it's gone into effect yet, but yeah, that is coming. So that'll be great. Um, but it kind of lays out what you will pay me. For, for the song and the terms of... No, wait a minute. Of, You're recording my song. Oh, that's right. What I will pay you. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I pitch you the song. So you request the license from me yeah. and that license is going to state what you will pay me. Yeah, so my, you know, the, the license uh, will specify what I pay you per unit sold and we agree to that and then everything's good. Now, only one publisher or... Ed, rights owner it can be a songwriter if they own their own publishing or a publisher on behalf of the songwriter only one has to be party to the license it's good business practice though 
to let all the publishers send in a license. And that way you've got permission from everybody. Everything's covered. You're not going to have somebody that's upset about it um, later. Right. So if I were this song I sent you and you're going to record, if I co-wrote it with my buddy, Mark Irwin, then you could go to Mark Irwin and say, Mark, I want to record this song. Or you can come to me, Clay Mills, and say, hey, Clay, I want to record this song. Technically, only Mark or myself, only one of us has to sign off on it. So if Mark doesn't want the song recorded by you, I'm, I don't know why he wouldn't, because you're an amazing artist. But if he, say, Blake Shelton wanted to cut that song and Mark's like, no, 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 I want Blake Shelton to cut it. I could technically go, OK, Marty, let's do a deal here. I'm going to let you record the song. I'll give you the license because yeah. I think you're hotter than Blake Shelton. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, yeah. And, you know, that the way that plays out sometimes is that writers might assume that their co-writers are happy with any cut or any recording on that song. And so they might pitch it to somebody that doesn't have a label, that doesn't have any, you know, any business set up going on that's just planning to literally put it out on Spotify. And the other co-writers may be thinking, hey, we've got some big opportunities for this song that we're working on. And so they kind of get undercut by this, uh, the writer who's willing to take the, you know, the first thing that comes along. Right. And Clay and I've seen a lot of writing relationships kind of damaged that way because, you know, those writers will get upset with each other over that way of doing business. So it's always super important to, to get all your co-writers on board or at least um, inform everybody what's going on and give them a voice in whether they want that to happen or not. Yeah. Communicating with your co-writers is going to lead to long term relationships that work. You know, what if you have a great co-writing situation and you have a disagreement over something like this and you never write another great song with that person? So I think in the long run, commu open communication, let everyone know what's going on. And remember, too, this is important. When you write that song, the only time you have control over who gets to cut that is when you first write it. If I let Marty record the song, at that point, I give him a license. He records it. Anyone in the world can at that point record that song. But before that happens, if I decide I don't want to give it to Marty, then I don't have to. But once somebody re records it and releases that song, then it's fair game for the whole entire world to record. So that's really the only power that you and your co-writers have is that first recording you get to decide who records your song first and that's why it's important for artists to legally they have to get a license you could request an artist pull the song if they don't have a license and they put it out on a record you legally have the right to ask them to pull that song and not use it anymore yeah you can report that to spotify or youtube or wherever they put the song yeah. just say hey they they put this out without my permission and they'll make them pull it down yeah and, you know, it's just so important to understand those basic business factors like that, you know, because, um, you know, Blake Shelton might not want to cut the song after Marty Dodson puts it out. You know, right. he, may, he may feel like, well, it's not new. Other people have heard it. You know, I want to find a new song that's just mine. So it can really mess up your chances uh, later for a big opportunity if you give it to an independent artist. 
Um, even one that's getting like 10 or 12 plays a month like me, you know. Exactly. Um, <laughs> um, so, you know, some other things to think about are, you know, if when you write a song, if you don't get a split sheet signed, um, then the courts kind of view that everybody had an equal share, which is fine. But there's also a lot of instances where you just want to have all that information. And the one, you know, Clay and I both had multiple writing deals over our time as, as professional writers. And so sometimes a song, somebody reached out the other day and said, Hey, you know, somebody's got interest in this song. I had no idea which catalog of mine that song was in, which publisher it was with. And if you have a split sheet that specifies all that stuff and, you know, you can even get a signed split sheet and then scan all those things in and make a folder for each song. And then you've got all that stuff there. Um, but you then you can go back and look and go, OK, this person was with this publisher at this time or this PRO. I've also I've got accounts with all three PROs in the U.S. And so I don't know if it's BMI. I don't know if it's S&G or Olay, my publisher or Sony sometimes. And so having that information is super important. That can also be something you put on the bottom of like the Google document, you know, just put everybody's publishing and that way, if it changes, you can reference that exact song and know um, where, it, where it goes. Another reason <clears throat> that you would really want to probably get a license from each publisher is because publishers are very meticulous in making sure that they get paid correctly. They are not so meticulous in make, making sure you get paid correctly or the other co-writers. So, you know, all the time I will find errors made where my co-writers publisher registered with CSAC, let's say our song, and they did it incorrectly. Like they put the incorrect information for me or they put that the female Marty Dodson wrote the song, you know, all kinds of things like that. But if you can solve all that stuff by having a, a good records and, and a split sheet that contains all that information, for every song right because, so you know 10 years down the road you won't remember you know, exactly where, what your publishing situation was or pro situation was at that time unless you've never changed right and it's you know when you're just starting out a lot of times you can't see 10 years down the road but you could potentially be costing yourself a lot of money by not doing these little bits and pieces like requiring a license when your your song is recorded and um, keeping up with your co-writer. Every time I write a song, I have a program, an app called Song Space. So every time I write a song, I put the lyric, I put the recording of the song, I put the writers, who their publishers are. So at any point in time, I can just go back and search that song and I've got all the info there. And you don't need a, an app to do that. You could do it on a spreadsheet, whatever you want to do. Um, the app really helps me it's very convenient so i i love using song space myself yeah that's a great way to do it and this you know, is that, not a this is not a commercial for song space that's right we don't get anything for song space. <laughs> but if they would like to sponsor this podcast we, we would be welcoming um yeah I, I i think it's um a lot of songwriters just view it especially in the beginning is like oh i don't know if anything's going to happen with my music uh, you know so I'm not going to fool with all that stuff. And you, you find out real quickly when somebody is interested, especially if it's a big opportunity, a big artist, 
all of a sudden people start jockeying for things in weird ways that you didn't expect if things were not clarified on the front end, you know? Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden somebody may be going, well, that was my idea and my melody. I think I should get a bigger percentage or, you know, a publisher's arguing over uh, when that song was written and if it should be in their catalog. And, you know, so when big money comes into play, there can be lots of issues that arise, even among people that you think, well, these, these are friends that, you know, they're not going to, do that to me. It can happen. It's, um, you know, someone emailed me today and said that they wrote a song with an artist and that artist put the song out. And and that's cool because the artist was a co-writer and you can't stop a co-writer from putting your song out. But he was upset because they went to ASCAP's website and registered the song and didn't even include him as a writer on the song. So I, you know, I just pointed out to him that my practice and now I'm going to like give my secret away is I like to if I write a song, I like to that evening, if I can hop on the ASCAP website and put in all the details. You know, I have my co-writers, their publishing information and my information so that that first record, at least I know is going to be correct. And it's not going to I'm not going to have to go back and, you know, try to fix something and contact ASCAP and so I try to do it quickly, you know, yeah. and, and I think that way, if you're a good record keeper and you're Johnny on the spot, then you can, um, you know, quite, you'll just keep yourself from running into trouble down the road. Yeah. And you can be sure that they have your name spelled correctly. They have your correct IPI number and all that kind of stuff. You know, with with the female Marty Dotson and I, it's super important to have that IPI number because if a publisher has that when they're registering it, it'll show that it's me, not her. Right. And, and, you know, it'll kind of flag that if they're trying to put something in for her, but if they're just going by our name and especially if they misspell it, then, you know, they could put the wrong person in there. And it's, you know, like you were saying, Clay, it's no one cares more about your business than you. And so it's, it's incumbent on you to, to make sure that things are registered correctly. So every now and then I go in and I just search, some you know some of my songs and and i'll check how they're registered you know if there's something that i think is going to be coming out or is going to be making some money somehow i go in and i make sure that that song has been registered correctly i don't even trust my publisher to do it right i want to you know and and i have found mistakes they made it's also important to um you know have an understanding with your co-writers about how you do business so you know i Clint, I don't recommend demoing everything you write because everything you write is not great, nor is everything we write. But it's important when you go into a co-write to talk about, here's what I usually do. If if we write something great, I like to go demo it in a studio or I have this track person that does my tracks and here's what it costs and how do you feel about that? Because we run into people all the time like, well, I wrote the song with this guy and now he says, he tells me after we write the song that he doesn't have any money to demo the song. Well, that needs to be clarified up front, you know, I mean, and because if the expectation of one person is we're going to demo the song if it's great and get it out there to pitch. And the expectation of the other person is, hey, I don't have any money to do anything with this song that need that discussion needs to happen up front. Yeah. And you could, you know, at that point, if it happens 
up front, then you could say, well, maybe we need to bring a track person in on this co-write so that we we have a producer, you know, in the room or maybe the one writer that can afford demos says, you know what? I think our songs are great. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, and cover up front the demo cost and work out an agreement where maybe they pay you back down the road if something, whatever it is. But at yeah. least we get back to that point we made originally is you got to have communication yeah. and communicating about business is just as important as communicating about, you know, the next line in the song. Yeah. You know, and you, like Clay was saying, you can resolve those issues. It's not a matter of, well, you shouldn't write with somebody that can't afford to do a demo. It's, it's that we, let's just figure this out on the front end, as opposed to somebody being surprised on the back end, you know, yeah. and there's a lot of solutions. You could just say, well, let's just do a really good guitar vocal. Or like Clay was saying, maybe somebody pays for it and the other person agrees to pay them back if they get it cut, you know, that kind of thing. So there's a lot of, a lot of ways to um, solve the problem, but it's no fun to have the problem come up as a surprise later. Okay, so today's episode, we have learned, ask for a license. Make sure that you get a license when an artist wants to record one of your songs. Don't worry if your co-writers, sometimes your co-writers don't want to rock the boat, but that's okay. The legal requirement is an artist has to have a license to record the song from one of the co-writers. The other mm -hmm. thing is good record keeping. We want to make sure that we, when we do a co-write, we have all the writers listed, their publishing information listed, and those songs get you know, entered onto your PRO website correctly that all the information is is in there and ready to go so there's no confusion down the road. Yeah, and you know, one other point on the licenses that we run into is we've had artists that argue like, I'm not gonna sign that. And we're like, it's to it's to protect you. Yes. <laughs> you know, it, it it's to keep me from being able to pull your song. You know, if I, if you put the song out there and I don't like it, it's to keep me from making you take that song down and waste your time yeah. and your money, you know? So it does agree that it makes the artist agree to pay the standard rate, which they need to do anyway, but it's to really to protect the artist so that they've got permission to put that song out. Yes. All right. Thanks for being here. Go mind your own business. If you don't know about the business of songwriting, there's some great books. There's one that's called The Straightforward Guide to the Music Biz by Kamal Moo. That's really a thin book, and it um, gives some great information. Um, Songtown has a lot of information on the business of songwriting. So um, check it out. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next time. All right. I hope you enjoyed that and learned something. Uh, we've got a song we're going to leave you with. It's by Blaine Cox. It's called Shuffling Clown, and it gets stuck in your head. Trust me on that one. Uh, if you like the show, please give us a rating and review wherever you listen. Tell your friends. All that stuff helps us. Uh, we've got some links in the show notes to learn more about Songtown if you want to learn more about our community and to some books and other things we have. Take care, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Laughter I remember laughter Sweet
trifling clown Movies I remember movies The new matinee wears me down Like a ticket stop Shuffling clown I'm a shuffling 